a selfie or just getting online and checking in at our church. And some of us may think, oh my goodness, we hear this all the time. What's awesome is we can track our statistics to see traffic flow on the internet to our websites, to our other accounts. And I tell you, traffic flow on Sunday is incredible because of what you guys do when you use that check-in on Facebook or any type of social media. So thank you so much for doing it. You're getting the word out on not only our church, Radiant Life, but who Jesus is. And it's so awesome to see that. So thank you, church, for doing that. As the team's going to lead us in a couple songs this morning, why don't we stand this morning and I want to just enter into a, just a reflective time. And as you stand, will you just close your eyes for a moment? And just imagine your Heavenly Father with you right now. Just everything that you carried this last week, He's there right next to you. All the joys in life that he blessed you with. He's right there with you. Be reminded this morning, as the psalmist says, be still and know that I'm your God. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Hey, the team always does a really good job up here with the music, and uh, I said this in first service, and I want to say it again, that we have a couple of individuals that are part of the team that don't always get recognized, because they're not up here dancing around or, you know, beating on things or, you know, doing this, right? But we've got these people in the back here. Right now, we've got Dewey, Jacob, Abe, and Steve is usually back there, but the team would not be able to do what they do without these guys. So, yeah, that's right. So we could be the, have the best musicians in the world, but if we didn't have somebody who knew what they were doing mixing it, it wouldn't matter. In fact, I think he's back there just so... Like, if I'm playing something wrong, he just mutes me. They don't, I'm, I don't even know how to play bass, right? They just have me up there because I can do this, right? So, so make sure you high-five a sound man or a guy who runs lights or a guy who uh, works the projection. Because, yeah, no projection, guess what? You don't know what words to sing. And then you just be standing there like, this is awkward. They're playing music and I don't know the words. So high five one of those guys. Hey, my name is Josh. Where's that spinner, Abe? Where's that spinner? My name is Josh. I am the student ministries pastor here, and welcome to Radiant Life Church. We're glad you're with us today. We are continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago. The series is called Ten. We're looking at the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've seen these on a courthouse lawn, or you've seen... Captain NRA Charlton Heston in his classic role as Moses with the Ten Commandments. But we are digging into these ten rules and asking the question, do these rules apply to our lives today? And if they do, how do we apply them to our lives today? Just for a little bit of a review, 
These are those 10. Just glance at those. You've got, some, you've got some good stuff in there. And as Pastor Ryan has said, we're not doing this in order. We're just kind of jumping all over the place as we work through the list. Today we're going to do commandment number four, which here we have abbreviated, keep the Sabbath holy. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus. This is the second book in the Bible. You open up and you'll see a table of contents. Then you'll see Genesis. And you'll have Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. We're going to be reading, starting in verse 8. I will have the words on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible with you, you don't have a phone or device that you can look it up on. There are Bibles in some of the pews, benches, pews. Who named them that? Such a weird word. There are Bibles. You can grab one. Turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We read, what's that first word? Everybody shout that out for me. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy is what we see in Exodus 20, verse 8. By keeping it what? All right. Ooh, that was, we had a little bit of, ha. That was good. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. What's that one say right there? But he rested on the seventh day. Now right out of the gate, those, that first verse, right? Verse 8, we've got a couple of words, remember and holy. I think remember, that stands out a little bit from the language of the rest of the Ten Commandments. It's not so much a thou shalt or thou shalt not. It's a hey, remember this. Almost like God knew we would be likely to forget. But then that other word, holy. Holy means set apart. He's saying, hey, this day has got to look different. You've got to set this one apart. But so then we get into the question. So that's, that's the Ten Commandments. We think, well, hey, that's great. Keep the Sabbath holy. Yay, good message. Let's go to wings. Right? But the question is, Okay, does that apply? <laughs> or B-dubs. You can go to B-dubs. I mean, if you, I, I didn't mean to, you know, <laughs> divide the congregation. Right. Okay, real quick, show of hands. I'm just curious. Show of hands, who prefers wings over B-dubs? Oh. Who prefers B-dubs over wings? Okay, there's going to be a brawl in the parking lot following the message. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I was just curious. And they gave me a microphone, so I, <laughs> so I figured I would indulge my curiosity. But the question is, does what they said in Exodus 20 apply to us today? And if it does, how? Well, I, first of all, I think it's interesting that this is even debated. Okay, I've never heard, and I looked. Okay, I looked because I didn't, I didn't want to make a statement and then be like, have somebody come up to me and be like, oh no, actually, that's, that's a thing. But I have not found any group of Jesus followers who work really hard to convince other Jesus followers that murder is okay. I, I looked. I looked. I'm like, hey, is there anybody that makes a biblical argument for murder? Be like, no, you know what? We should be able to kill people because I could not find any group of Jesus followers making an argument 
based on Scripture that we should just give adultery a pass. They're like, ain't no thing. I, I couldn't find those arguments. However, I found boatloads of people that argue about whether or not we should follow this particular commandment. It kind of blew my mind. And actually, as I was reading through these, I'm, I'm thinking, like if I was outside this, right, if I, if I was not a follower of Jesus, I would find this really weird. Like, like why, why are you guys arguing about this? This is stupid, right? But that we do. This is one of the commandments that we debate and we say, oh, no, we, hey, it doesn't apply to us anymore because, because of this. Or no, it does apply to us because of this. And there's this debate, and it's just, that's so weird to me. But so we're going to ask the question, does it apply to us? We're going we're gonna to wade into that debate a little bit this morning. And I think to answer that question, we first have to really look into what is Sabbath all about? And to answer that question, I think it is very helpful to look at the context within which this commandment was given. So the book of Exodus is a story of the nation of Israel. And shortly before, they're all hanging around, hanging around the mountain where God gives them the Ten Commandments. They had just escaped from Egypt. And they escaped because they were in Egypt as slaves. And they got away. Moses, you know, Charlton Heston thing, let my people go. And then Yule Brenner's like, no, uh Right? But then, but then they do. They get out. Right? Eventually they're released from Egypt. They take off. And a short time later, they're hanging out around this mountain. God, God says, hey, here are the ten things that I really want you to know. But they're coming off of centuries as slaves. That's a long time. Several centuries as slaves in Egypt. That was their context within which God speaks this and says, hey, among other things, you know, don't kill people, you know, don't, don't commit adultery, you know, don't steal stuff from your neighbor. On par with those is this one where he says, I want you to remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember it, and it's got to look different. This one has to be set apart. Don't do any work on this day. Well, I think there are two important aspects of slavery that weigh in on this conversation. The first is that of work. Slavery, just in case you were not aware, was hard work. This is art taken from a tomb in Egypt. I can't pronounce the Pharaoh's name, so I'm not even going to try. It, it's, yeah, I can't pronounce it. But it was taken from his tomb in Egypt. And this depicts slaves making bricks, which is one of the tasks that the writer of Exodus tells us the Israelites had to do. It says they had to make bricks, and they had to build up a couple of these cities. It also says they had to work in the fields. This was not light labor. This was not, hey, do the dishes for us, uh, you know, and if you could barbecue us some ribs, that would be stellar. It was not that kind of work. This was hard work. The reason the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites 
is because they, they got a little bit freaked out. The Israelites, you know, they had, they had some stuff going on, and they were just multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. There were a bunch of them. And this Pharaoh comes on the scene, and he says, you know what, there's a lot of those, a lot of those Hebrews over there. And if they ever get mad at us, they might decide to join with one of our enemies, and then we would be in trouble. There's a boatload of them. So he says, here's what we're going to do. Got a plan, guys. He says, let's make them our slaves, and let's make them make bricks and work in the fields and build these cities for us. The Egyptians used slavery to beat the Israelites down and to keep the Israelites down. Or even if they were like, hey, I think I'll revolt, they didn't have any energy to revolt. It was hard work. The other aspect of slavery that factors in is that after centuries in slavery, I imagine on some level, the Israelites, who were a people that had been given a promise by God that they were going to be something special, that blessings would come through them for everybody, that they were going to be a great nation with a land that they would inherit. That had been the promise. And now they've spent several centuries in slavery, effectively stripped of that identity. Say, what kind of a promise is this? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm making bricks for the Egyptians. This isn't the land we were promised. And how in the world is this going to bless all people by me making another brick and another brick and another brick? It was hard work. And they were stripped of their identity. And into that, God speaks these words. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days, you're going to work. But on the seventh day, you're going to rest. So what is the Sabbath all about? First, I propose that Sabbath is about rest. It's God saying, hey, all you guys do is work. You were slaves. You work, 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 work. You're going to rest. And as slaves, you didn't have the option to rest. The slave master says, make me a bajillion bricks, you better make a bajillion bricks or you're going to get beat up. Everybody say bajillion. Do you think that's better or is gazillion? Which one of those is more, do you think? Is a gazillion more? Okay, everybody say gazillion. Okay, that's, that sounds like a pretty big number. So if they said, hey, you make us a gazillion bricks, you made them a gazillion bricks. You couldn't put in for time off. You were not guaranteed two weeks paid vacation as a slave. It wasn't an option. So what is Sabbath all about? It's about rest. It's also about freedom. So like, hey, <laughs> there's not this demand seven days a week now that you're going to work, work, work work. I also say that Sabbath is also about identity. In Exodus 31, this is a little bit later after the initial giving of the Ten Commandments, we read this in Exodus 31:12. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. What's that say? Between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord. Sue says, hey, you guys have been freaking out, right? Like, what happened to this promise that we're going to be something special, that, that Lord, you stepped down and said, okay, Israelites, I'm going to do something really cool through you. What happened to that? God is saying, no, hey, hey, you're going to observe the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is a sign to you that I have, in fact, set you apart. You are something special. So Sabbath is about rest. It is about freedom. It is about identity. Really cool. Jesus shows up on the scene. Boatload of years later. And we read about Jesus and his interactions with people. And one of the things that the religious leaders got after Jesus about quite a bit was the way he handled the Sabbath. They didn't, they didn't like the way he did things. Now, if you read through some of the literature from around that time, they actually they had 39 categories of things that you were not allowed to do. This is based on the, the teachings of the rabbis. And they, would, they had these 39 things, and uh, those were what you avoided on the Sabbath. So Jesus shows up, and, and he does stuff, and they're like, oh, you can't do that on the Sabbath? But you look at what Jesus did on the Sabbath. There are seven miracles Jesus performed on Sabbath. Six of them were physical healings. One of them was an exorcism. So Jesus shows up and he says, what does he do on the Sabbath? He brings people rest from their physical troubles. Lame people, blind people. I mean, all, the, all these things. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law, who had a fever. He's like, Psh, I'm going to take care of that. Freedom from things that had limited them. Within their culture, there, there weren't a lot of options. They didn't have legislation protecting people with disabilities, right? They didn't, they didn't always have access to the same things everybody else did. Then in exorcism, there is this, there's this freedom from oppression. So Jesus shows up, and on the Sabbath, he works to restore rest and freedom and identity within people through the miracles that he performed on the Sabbath. Rest, freedom, and identity. You think, well, hey, that's, that's cool. Jesus did some cool stuff on Sabbath. But how does that apply to us, if it applies to us, in 2017? But as you look through the Israelites, their context... Constant work. Loss of identity. Their only identity was, I'm a slave. Isn't that us? What do we do? What do we do, right? We wake up in the morning. And we start to go. We're like, hey, like this is all right. Got my job to do. 
Got my job through. Yeah, I almost bit it on this thing in first service. So get your phones out. There, there might be a moment here that's YouTubeable. Okay. YouTubeable? I think that's a word. But we go, right? We get up and we, we work. We go to school. We do our sports. We watch our kids. We go to our kids' sports. All these things. And we just keep going. And we just keep going. And we go, and we go, and then we sleep. And then we wake up, and we go, and we go, and we go. We go, we, we speed up a little bit sometimes, too. Am I getting close? I'm getting close to the back, huh? I should, I should walk up here a little bit. Isn't that us? The Israelites, constant work, loss of identity. How many of us wake up on a Monday morning and we think, back at it. And we just go and we go and we go one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Somebody says to us, hey, hey, you want to hang, you want to, you want to grab coffee? You want to just, you want to sit down and chat? We say, oh, yeah. I can maybe pencil you in in about 50 years from now. Is that will that will that will that be okay? Are we sometimes slaves to our calendar, to our schedules? We have things so rigid. There's not room for anything else to get in there. And God is saying, rest, freedom, and identity. How often do we find our identity in what we do? Maybe that's a job, right? When you, when you meet somebody, you say, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Tony. You know, what's your name? And they respond, all right, everybody all at once, say your name. Hey, what's your name? What's often the next question that we ask? What do you do? Because we think, oh, by knowing that, I will have a window into who this person is. And on the other side of that, that's often how, hey, I'm, I'm Bob. I'm a used car salesman. Right? I mean, we, we carry, it's, not, it's both ways. My name is not Bob. I am not a used car salesman, just to, just to clarify. We build a lot of our identity around what we do. Maybe that's your job. If you're a student, maybe it's that. You say, oh, yeah, I'm a student at. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tie my identity into this. Maybe it's athletics. Look, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Tony. I'm a 12-season athlete. I play everything known to mankind. And, and that's our identity. Maybe your identity is found in things that are, maybe they're okay. I mean, work is good. We were not created to sit around all day. Work is not a product of sin, by the way. Work is a, work is a good thing. We were created to work. Work is good. Athletics are good. 
Sometimes it's other things. We find our identity and how involved we are in church. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, uh, you know, I, I lead this, and then I, I do that, and I, I participate in this, and I do this, and we build that into our identity. And those might all be good things. So does Sabbath apply to us? I think God is saying, rest, freedom, and identity. This is what I have for you, for all of us. Because all we do is go, go, go. So I think thousands of years after the Ten Commandments were handed down, thousands of years after Jesus shows up and performs miracles that allow rest and freedom and renewed identity, I think God says to each one of us, says you need to remember to rest. Because you're so likely to forget. Because we're always moving. We're always moving. He says, remember to rest. But I think the other part of that is God would say this to us. What does that say? So we remember to rest because we forget and we will go and we will go and we will go until we can't go anymore. I think so many times we are addicted to activity. Like if I sit down, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself if I have 10 minutes of, of free time. I think, well, I've got to be doing something. I need to be productive. This is rest to remember. He told the Israelites, Sabbath is a sign of my relationship with you. And within that relationship, it is not the things that you do that define you. God is saying, no. He says, I make you holy. And when you observe Sabbath, you will remember that. So we remember to rest. And we rest to remember who we are. And that it's not tied up in what we do. In the different activities that we have. And how productive we are. The team is going to play a song here. And the words will be on the screen. I would encourage you to just listen and read through the lyrics. It's a song called Come Away. And I think God would say to us, does Sabbath apply? Yes. And he's saying all these things that you get caught up with, all of these things that we, we always run to, for our identity, he's saying, remember that that's not all there is. And remember to take time to come away. God is saying, I've got a hammock for you with a giant teddy bear, right? Just hang out for a little while. This is a cool. Just in case you wondered, this bear's name is Mr. Snuggles. He's labeled. I don't know whose bear he is, but but he's hanging out in the hammock and his name is Mr. Snuggles. You ever have that where you walk into church and there's a bear in a hammock? 
And you're like, oh, yeah, that's Mr. Snuggles. Duh. What's wrong with you, Josh? It's Mr. Snuggles. I just like to say Mr. Snuggles. That's, that's a cool name. So the question of, does this commandment apply to us today? I would suggest a strong yes. Well, then the next question is, how do we apply this to our lives? We say, okay, God wants us to remember to rest, and we rest to remember, but what does that look like? Well, God gives us a pattern. Within the language of the Ten Commandments, we see this. He says, hey, you got seven days in a week. He says, you take one of those, and that one has to be different. Can't look like all the rest of them. And within that language of the Ten Commandments, there's actually a throwback to the creation account. He says, hey, hey, this is, I'm not just pulling this, you know, out of left field. He does a throwback to Genesis, chapters 1 and 2. And he says, this is, this is the pattern, 1 and 7, because that creation, this pattern was put out there. So says, hey, God spent six days creating everything, and on the seventh day, he rested. It's not because he was tired. He wasn't like, whoa, that whole creating the world thing, that really took it out of me. That's not. <laughs> Just this idea of ceasing, of stopping. And the really cool thing is, as you read through that account in Genesis, on the sixth day of creation, God makes man. And he says, ah, this one's, we got something special here. Humanity enters the scene and God says, this is, this is different than everything else that's out there. Then he comes alongside humanity and he says, hey, I've got work for you to do. Maybe you're thinking, ha ha, we knew it. Look at that. God even gave them work to do. And he did. Again, work isn't a bad thing. He gives them a task. He says, hey, you're going to take care of the earth. You're going to take care of the animals. You're going to do all this stuff. Well, that's day six. So the first full day, what was man doing? Resting. And in the language of the Ten Commandments, there's this throwback saying, hey, this is the way it is from creation, this pattern. So how do we apply that to our lives? We take one day a week. Now, this opens up one area of debate, and we're not going to get into that. Like, well, which day do we take? Do we take Saturday? Do we take Sunday? Do we take half of Tuesday and the other half of Wednesday? What do we do? We're not going to get into that. Although, I would encourage you, to really dig in to Scripture. Sabbath is woven throughout. You'll actually find, if you, if you go to blueletterbible.com and type in the word Sabbath, you'll get well over 100 hits. You type in murder, there's like a handful. You type in coveting your neighbor's donkey, that one might only show up once. <laughs> that one's pretty specific. 
The Sabbath is woven throughout. So how do we apply it to our lives? We take that one day. That one day looks different. So whatever you would normally be doing, you don't do it. If five or six days of the week, you're, you're doing accounting type stuff, right? On that seventh day, don't do accounting type stuff. If what are some other jobs? I was making up words earlier in first service. What are some things people do, right? Mouse farmer. If you're a mouse farmer, five or six days a week, that's, hey, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. That's right. Which I just want to ask the, the age-old question, brought up time and time again. Have you hugged a mouse farmer today? <laughs> All right. <laughs> right on. It's the mouse farmer's birthday, by the way. That's right. <clears throat> so the second question is, have you said happy birthday to a mouse farmer today? That's right. <laughs> So five, six days, you farm mice. You know, you pick them off the stalk and stuff, and then, you know, you milk them. That'd be... I don't know. That isn't, see? And I've never even mouse farmed, and I, I kind of, I know what's going on there. But that seventh day looks different. It's set apart. It's holy. And if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus... Also woven into that language is that this is a day set apart to the Lord. So I know life gets busy. And ideally, each one of us as followers of Jesus would spend time communicating with our Creator. Spending time listening to what He has to say. Right? I get life gets busy. And sometimes that's hard. But that seventh day, that day that needs to look different, I propose that that should definitely include an element of connecting with our Creator. And the other thing this morning to remember as followers of Jesus is that Jesus shows up and He is our rest. He is our freedom and He is our identity. And Sabbath is a time to remember that. If you're here this morning and that isn't your life, maybe you said, hey, I am a follower of Jesus, but that's, I'm, not, I'm not resting. I don't have freedom. And I have no idea where my identity is or my identity is in all the wrong things. We're going to play a song here in a few minutes and I would encourage, would encourage you to let God work through that with you. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you said, I don't, I, I know that I don't find rest in Jesus. I know that I don't have freedom in Jesus. I know that my identity isn't in Jesus, and I don't want it to be. Well, you know what? We're, we're still glad you're here. And maybe you, none of those things apply to your life, but maybe you're feeling a little tug. And you'd say, well, I I do. I would encourage you to talk to any one of us, to Ryan, myself, Josh, Kinsey, Patricia, 
Let's have a conversation about what that might look like. Because maybe you're saying, I do, I want my identity to be found in that, but right now that's not where I'm at. Let's talk about that. Remember to rest. And rest to remember. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the rest that we have in you. Lord, it's hard to keep track of. I don't get it right. I mess up Sabbath all the time. Lord, I ask that you would draw each of us towards you. That we would recognize that Sabbath is a blessing. It is a gift. It is not a restriction. We just ask these things in your name. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. We can paraphrase that. All of you who are tired, all of you who are hurting, broken, confused, he is calling, and his arms are open wide. So remember to rest, and rest to remember. At this time, the ushers are going to come forward. My name is Patricia. I am the creative arts pastor here at Radiant Life. Uh, if you're new here, we're so glad that somehow you found your way here. Uh, don't worry about giving anything. We don't want you to feel pressured into that. But we would love it if you would take the bottom of your connection card and bring it to our cafe. You can pick up a gift and a free drink on us. The rest of you, thank you for your faithful giving. We couldn't do what we do without it. Let me pray. God, it's so evident that you are in this place. And we come before you this morning and we bow down before you. And we're sorry that we get so busy that we forget to rest in you. We're sorry that we try to do things out of ourselves so much that we forget to do things for your glory and out of you and your strength. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering and that you would remind us to continue to rest in you and rest in who you are. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name.